And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening, folks. Thank you very, very much for listening today. Today is the 31st of January, year of our Lord, 2023. Welcome to yet another edition of the Bun and Cardigan Show presented by The Athletic. I'm, of course, joined by the on-again, off-again man who wears the cardigan, James Edwards III of The Athletic. James, few things to hit on before we start today's show. Uh, number one, obviously, James is on the road. That's why we are using Zoom audio today. Second Sorry, thing, guys. Yeah, sorry about that, everybody. Second thing, another technically, I got to apologize for this. I have been like increasingly more and more under the weather over these last few days. So I may backseat a little bit in this one and give James the reins. But and I'm also going to try to because we're using Zoom audio, I'm going to try to use that to my advantage. If I have to sniffle at any point, I will mute myself because it is disgusting having to listen to people uh, do that. So uh, a week ago for last week's show, we laid out some framework for what the next few weeks, sort of like a roadmap in terms of content for for what's going to be going on uh, with this show. I think what we said was uh, we were going to do fake trades this week. And then next week we were going to prep for uh, the trade deadline, get everybody proper, ready for that. A proper prep. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, the following week is when we will officially do our, our light pre-draft stuff. So that's what you guys have to look forward to. I want to, I want to say this really quick, James, because Next week, we are going to be doing a more formal trade deadline thing. Any even little tidbits of information that you have, holster them, chamber them. So that way we can, you know, like this week, let's just spend, you know, 30 minutes bouncing stuff off the wall at each other. You know what I mean? So that way we have. Yeah. Cool. Have fun. Uh, really, really quick. Um, I want to shout out my guy, Michael Dino, uh, who is a a loyal listener to the show works for Bally just actually got dinner with him. Um, he brought up, he wanted me to mention to you, your guy, Nick Claxton. Oh, he's yeah. just a goat now. Like yeah. you, you should, you should be like running laps with that. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Like, like a legit, are we looking at him as like a depoy kind of dark horse? Like he had uh, a, no, I think he legit might be six man or uh, most improved. Yeah, at the very least, right? I think the, I mean, with the Depoy thing, I mean, Jaron Jackson's kind of leader in the clubhouse on that front, but it definitely feels really vindicating to have him be playing as well. He had a block like a week ago that was, I mean, just absolutely filthy. Um, shaving the dreads, I think kind of, that helped him a lot. I think that's kind of been what, it, yeah. what it's been with him ever since he got the haircut. Uh, another aerodynamic for sure. That's, yeah, exactly. Another guy. Uh, Dwight Powell like hasn't been awful this year. Spencer Dinwiddie like is obsessed with him. So a lot of nice things happening in my camp. But yes, yes, the Claxton thing is 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 very exciting to me. That is not lost on me at all. Definitely. Shout out, shout out to Mike. Um, shout out to Mike. Really, Thank really you. quick. Do you want to talk about the Rockets game just because that was? Ooh. I mean, it, it segues into our, our fake trades because I wrote the column. If you're living under a rock or if you tuned out on the Pistons, uh, they lost to the Rockets. On Saturday night, the Rockets were without Jalen Green 
uh, Shangun and uh, KPJ. Yeah. Um, it looked like it was headed for a Pistons butt whooping. Like the rare Pistons are going to blow this team out. And then uh, the Rockets just dominated them on the offensive glass. They had 16 yeah. offensive rebounds for 21 second chance points. Uh, just, just a absolutely dreadful performance from the Pistons in terms of kind of just effort. And I hate saying things like this, like effort and heart. Not, I hate like questioning players' heart, but like the Rockets wanted that game more. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that's the reason that the Pistons lost. Like 16 offensive rebounds is absurd. For people who don't know, the Grizzlies lead the NBA in offensive rebounds, and that's at 13.3. So think about how insane it is that the Houston Rockets got 16 in one game. Um, and I wrote the column after, like, I just think something, whether big or small, I think it might make sense for Detroit to do something because they're too inconsistent. Um, I think they're prioritized and I understand it. It's the, it's the rebuild. You're still trying to figure out who's a keeper and who's not, but I almost, I wonder if like maybe the individual is being prioritized a little bit more than the team. And, and 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 not in a bad way, but in a way that clearly I think that there are guys that maybe should play more minutes um, to help. You're not going to form the identity you want to form because Cade's gone and Marvin's gone and you, you're missing two big pieces. But I think there is just something that there needs to be some type of change. And I don't know what that change is, but I feel like there just needs to be maybe a little feng shui, um, a little feng shui movement just to try to recalibrate some things, whether it's a small trade, big trade, uh, something else. I'm I'm not sure what it is, but it feels like we're heading that way where they, they maybe do a little something just to try to build some continuity and, and, and consistency and, and start really trying to, and start trying to hone in on those type of culture things that they want want this team to be known for like they want this team to play hard and and be gritty and be tough and they want that to evolve as they grow with in terms of gaining talent and and being more cohesive but right now even that that toughness and and grittiness isn't there right now and I think that um yeah I'm just curious if maybe they 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 see that too and even if it costs them one and a half percentage points maybe are willing to do something to try to make it look good. Because if you think about it, the Lions, where the Lions turned their season around is about equivalent to where the Pistons are now. Um, and I'd say a lot of people feel really good about the Lions going into next season. The Pistons have enough time to kind of, like they did last year, where they played pretty good basketball for the second half of the season. We're, we're entering that territory now. And I think it would be beneficial, not just for the present, but even for the future, if they were able to, I don't know if it's addition by subtraction or uh, flat out addition. I just something a little tweak to try to change the change the the feng shui. Yeah, a couple of things here. One, I think using just the term feng shui, I think that's a really really good way of putting it because I think that's kind of it, it. Kind of just hammers it home. That's a perfect way of uh, uh, putting it. On the Lions thing, that's actually kind of an interesting point because if we're talking about how the Pistons need to you know make a trade, whether it's substantial or you know on the margins, whatever it is. It's like, well, the Lions started playing really, really well after the Hawkinson trade, 
And that was something that caught a lot of people. I don't want to say it caught a lot of people off guard, but I, I was kind of divisive. I think immediately after the trade, it's like you had Brock, Brock Wright and, and James Mitchell step up and, and the Lions started winning some games. And, you know, does that is 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 Bogdanovich our TJ Hawkinson, right? Is is Karis Levert the guy that we need to bring in here? Hypothetically, of course, maybe we'll jump into that uh, yeah. a little bit. Um, it's or I, I, opening up minutes for somebody like Livers who. Yeah. Um, is kind of encapsulates the the things that the team wants to be about. He provides that pretty much every night, even though he's not a box score stuff or like stuff like that might even just be beneficial. You know, it's it's interesting you bring this up. And I thought the story that you wrote uh, after the Rockets game and no spoilers, I won't read any of it. Uh, go subscribe to The Athletic to check it out. But we did get an email about this and uh, uh, credit to this person because they sent it in at the 11th hour. Like they sent it in like literally an hour ago. Uh, they were asking you know, a, a few weeks ago, if you asked James, it's a, you know, just be patient. This team's young and they got to figure it out. And it feels like, at least from your perspective, the Houston game was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. And now you're you're kind of and I'm not and I'm asking this respectfully, like, is that kind of how you viewed it? Because now you're like something has to change. Um, Good question. I think it's more so like I'm still in the be patient and I still think that this team is like I still think the outlook is very much optimistic. Like I don't think people I understand why people are sour right now, but like I still think that things are going in the right direction. Like, no, I, I don't think that's I don't I don't question that part at all. Um, I think, though, what the Houston game did to me did for me is just kind of pinpointed or at least singled out like. There is it, something's just off about this team, and I'm not really sure what it is. Uh, you you got to talk to different people. You get varying questions or varying answers. Yeah. Um, to me, I watched that Houston game and just saw a team that, I mean, they got out willed, out hearted, out muscled, and that's supposed to be what the Pistons are supposed to be about. That's right. if you're not gonna if they're not gonna win games, they're supposed to fight. And they had an opportunity to to pick up two wins in a row. With possibly, we're recording this on Sunday night. I'm in Dallas before the Pistons play the Mavericks on Monday. I'm pretty sure Luca and Christian Wood won't play, with an opportunity to maybe win three in a row. And now, to, to build some momentum and learn what it takes to win, and it's just it, they take two steps forward and take three steps back, and it's been kind of regular. Um, and that, again, that's part of the process. But I certainly think that I think it can be. M- what fans want, like the fans that understand that there is this is a rebuild, they're not going to win many games, but they do want to see them pull out the, the game like Houston to know that things are all right or be more competitive, not get blown out. I think there are marginal things that this team can do, marginal and extreme things that this team could do to to get there. Uh, yeah. It's just a matter, in, in their case, is it is it worth doing now and instead of the summer? Um, and I understand, I understand that argument. Why you, you don't have to do it now if you're ready to, if you're kind of just, the season is what it is. Well, if we're going to get better value or able to make better choices or different decisions in the summer, let's wait till then. And I understand that it makes sense, but it does certainly feel like if something happened within the next week, that there is a world in which they do do something to try to um, figure out why it feels off and maybe try to correct that a little bit, recalibrate a little bit. The psychology of this is kind of interesting. I don't know if it makes any sense what I'm saying. No, I'm I'm there with you 100%. I think everybody listening probably is. The psychology of this is really interesting to me, though, because if this loss happens in late February, early March, probably not as many people mad about it. You know what I mean? Because ultimately, 
I thought it was going to be, and I think a lot of people thought this, that it was going to be really hard to out-tank Houston this year. Like, they are losing games in really, really ugly fashion. Conversely, so are we, right? But it's funny that, you know, a week ago, we get smacked by Milwaukee, 81 points let up in the first half. You let up 100, or 150 points in the game. And, you know, we come on this show and we say, this is a game that you were going to lose even if Cade was playing. Like, it wasn't. This is this is You just lose that game 99 times out of 100, right? And then you do go up against a team that you match up and, uh, with pretty, pretty well. And it sucks, but you know what I mean? Like if this game was closer to the end of the season, when the tank race is a little bit closer, like if nothing else, the silver lining here is you are a little bit closer to, and I, I get it. Like, you know, people are going to sit there and say, well, it doesn't matter if you get, you know, one, two or three, cause you all have the same chance at number one. It's like, yeah, but I don't want to drop to six, right? I don't want to drop to seven. Like that's the part of it that matters. So even though I texted you after the game and I was like, I don't know why I felt like I needed your approval, but I was like, am I allowed to be kind of pissed about this loss? And you were like, yes, because yeah, it was the offensive rebounding that was just really getting to me. Um, and when you had mentioned uh, the the Memphis thing the other day, uh, when it happened, that was kind of like the, you know, the thing that kind of uh, boiled my blood a bunch and reading all the post game quotes about dudes, just every single night going up to the podium and having to say the same thing. Like, yeah, man, like we tried really hard, but it just didn't work. Um, that gets really old after a while. And eventually that excuse kind of stops working. So, or, or they say we didn't, there wasn't enough effort, right? Which is, seems to be more of a, yeah. Um, yeah, there's not much more to talk about with the Houston game, this team, the Pistons, are a weird team. They have a chance tomorrow, or I'm sorry, if you're listening to this um, on Tuesday, they, uh, the result will be in, but <laughs> if they beat the Mavs, they will have swept the Mavs, Timberwolves, and Warriors. So welcome to your 22-23 Pistons. They're st- super random. How random is that? I tell you what, you know who is like, you know, we talk about Game 6 Clay or, I don't know, Headband Sadiq, which I don't know what happened to that. Where's the headband? But like the, those iterations, untucked Kyrie, the list goes on. Can I give you one? Can I throw one into the zeitgeist that maybe not a lot of people have talked about? Cottage cheese canard, what? Contract year D'Lo. I tell you what, dude, if you've been get, shooting the shit out of the ball ooh, and we on this show, historically, like, yeah, we're not, we are. have been we have been anti D'Angelo Russell because he's like, we believe that he's like the antithesis of efficiency. But I tell you what, dude, if you end up with D'Angelo Russell on your basketball team and he's at a contract year, like he's going 50, 40, 90. It's insane. <laughs> he has been shooting so well from deep. Um, and I just I mean. I know he's been on a tear even just shooting lately, but even in the Pistons games, like he started like both those games out like five. He's just been shooting the ball. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. I I actually, I texted you because he gave us like 15 in the first five minutes and I turned the game off. I totally forgot about this. Just cooking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I guess, yeah, shout out to contract year D-Lo. It's a thing. Uh, James, we talk about how the Pistons are in a bit of a rut right now and maybe something needs to change. We're going to take a quick break, get a word from a sponsor, and then we're going to talk about what that change might be. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Already, James, you sent out a tweet the other day asking for fake trades uh, via email, which I will read again. Uh, bun and cardigan at gmail.com spelled phonetically. Spelled phonetically. So it's not an ampersand. It is A N D. Bun A N D cardigan at gmail.com. Uh, we got to be our next t shirt spelled phonetically. Spelled phonetically. Just that. Uh, uh, before it, we before we read some of these trade emails, can you read the email that, uh, that you told, told me about? So I'm not going to read it because we will literally be here for 10 minutes, but I will tell everybody what the email was. No, read and, it because I didn't even read it. No, I didn't read it. Can brother, you not read it? I No, I, I can. It's like a funny email, but we will literally be here for 10 minutes reading the email. So I, I think once you describe what the email is, people will want you to read the entire email. So I won't name names because I don't know. <laughs> but so he sent us an email. And it was like, I don't know. I don't, I could do a word count you check text, real quick. You, you texted me, brother, we just got an email. Somebody had a dream about you yes. and emailed it to and emailed it to us. That's what you told me. Yeah, I you was sent like, me a screenshot of the text. It was very long. I didn't read the email because I wanted you to read it on the show. I don't know what this dream was about still. We're like, I mean, it's 450, 500 words. I swear that's how long it is. It's insane. I love this guy for sending this email because he clearly spent time. Thank uh, you for you know, sending it. I, I will forward it to you because I almost did in the moment. But uh, I also didn't know if I was going to read it on the show. And then it took me so long to read it myself, like just by myself. So I will read it to you off the air. And then if we end up thinking if you if it goes well, read we'll it, it on the air now. We will literally. How about All this? Right, well, end, can we end, end of the show? show. End of the show. All right. Right. We will do we have an impromptu story time with James to end the show, because today, as of this recording, is technically an anniversary of something that we will get to later. And we will read the email. How about that? All right. Let's get into the trades. OK, fake trades. So the other day, uh, you and I spent a few minutes kicking around some trade ideas about a certain player from the Eastern Conference. Do you remember who that was? I think OG. it was literally like, yeah, OG Ananobi. Interestingly yeah. enough, we did get two. OG Ananobi uh, trade emails. So what do you say I jump into those first? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Uh, from Andy. This one is very simple. Jaden Ivey, Sadiq Bay, and Bogey for OG Ananobi and salary filler. The reasoning here is the Raptors can flip Bogey for a first round pick and the Pistons get the defensive wing they desperately need. Lots of good guards projected in the early lottery. That feels to me, initial reaction, that's a lot for OG Ananobi. Thoughts? I agree. Um, and I think it's Sadiq or Bogey or are in either or until we see how the draft settles and maybe they end up with a Brandon Miller, Cam Whitmore, whatever. Um, uh, however, on the surface, I could understand why somebody pitched that. So let's let's break it down because I know. Uh, people will freak out at even mentioning trading Ivy. So let's let's be delicate here. Well, we didn't send the email. No, I know, I know. But even entertaining it, like people are mad that we're probably even talking about. How dare you even? So the Pistons' biggest need right now is a two-way wing. OG Ananobi is that. Now listen, I think Ananobi is good. I think basketball Twitter over. He maybe is the most overhyped. Like people talk about him on Twitter, like he's like, like he's the Tony reincarnation Allen. of Paul George. Um, he's a really good player, but like let's pump the brakes. With that said, if you trade Ivy and Sadiq and what was it, Bogey? Yeah. 
I mean, that's a lot, but let's say Ivy and Sadiq or Ivy and Bogey. You're almost your your the biggest question is here question here is where do you, where do you think Ivy's ceiling is right because he's the he's the wild card of this group OG is what he is um, Bogey is what he is Sadiq is likely is what he is uh, all good players in their own right Ivy's the one that obviously the ceiling is we're all still trying to figure out what it is and it we're some time from there so. I think it's very obvious that Cade. You get you, if you if you make a deal like that, you still have Cade. If you believe in Killian, and you like what you've seen so far, maybe there's a world in which Killian is the the starting guard with Cade, or maybe they end up with Scoop, and then you end up getting your your two way wing in the form of Ananobi. So I understand why that is proposed. I don't even know if I'm making sense, but no, dude, you're gold. Um, I could I think that's a little too much for him. But uh, I, I do think, like, if if somebody if, – if he would have just stopped the trade at uh, Bogey and Ivy for Ananobi, like, if I'm Detroit, I, I'd maybe think about that. Um, but I don't think – and I was talking to a, a friend of the show, I'll, I'll remain – who I'll leave nameless, uh, about a trade similar to this. And I agree with him that Ivy's – I don't know if Ivy is like a, a Raptor per se. Like just okay. the type of guys that they go for, like yeah. player-wise. Like just they usually go for long, um, kind of rangy. And maybe they change that because it hasn't worked building the way that they have since then. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the Raptors maybe say no if it's true that they have three first-round picks available to them. But – uh I don't know. I don't think that's like a terrible trade idea. You know, we had a a take a couple of weeks ago. I think, matter of fact, I think it's what you named the podcast. Let me peel back the curtain because sometimes you guys email us and say, hi, Nick or James. Uh, I am the one who is responsible for emails and James is the one who's responsible for naming podcasts and doing descriptions. So there you go. That's how we do the show. Um, but yeah. we t- you titled one of the episodes, We Would Be Afraid to Trade Sadiq Bay," And yes. w- without rehashing that pod, I... Uh, let me gas Jaden Ivy for a second. I would throw him in there too, because if he gets traded in a season where it's kind of already like a, what is even happening right now? He, we talked about last week, how he's kind of been set up to fail from the beginning. It kind of feels bad if you just, I mean, like I get it. You're cashing in on a, on a team need in a moment that you need it. And it's like, you know, there are, this is a guard heavy draft. You have decent guards on your team. Like, you know, Killian's trending in the right direction. You still have Cade Cunningham, but it feels kind of lame to give up on that dude, you know, 40 games into his career, because I think he has the motor and the chip on his shoulder. Uh, word to Dr. Seuss on that one, because that rhymed and I didn't mean to do that. Motor uh, shoulder. That's a reach, but all right. And I, I just don't know if that is the trade that I would want to do it. Like if I want it, but that's the thing is if like you're trading, Agreed. like I just think if you have that piece if you're, if it's you gotta are, be, it's gotta be, you gotta aim bigger than OG Ananobi. Right. And OG Ananobi's great. Well, sorry. He's, now he's I'm doing really good. The thing that you don't yeah, like when people do, but yeah, you sound like Twitter. Yeah. This next one, uh, again, OG Ananobi trade. So we will still read this. I will say, uh, that was sent in by Tyler. Tyler, I'm sure you're an amazing guy, but seeing a screenshot of the ESPN trade machine did trigger my fight or flight for a second because I have gone a very long time without like seeing anybody's fake trades in the trade machine. I was like, ah, oh my gosh. 
<laughs> okay, three-team trade here. So the Pistons are sending out five players, and they are receiving two. So the Pistons are sending Bogdanovich, Alec Burks, and Nerlens Noel to the Los Angeles Lakers. They are also sending Marvin Bagley and Sadiq Bey to the Toronto Raptors. The Pistons acquire Russell Westbrook and OG Ananobi. Now, there are some picks that are thrown in here for posterity's sake. You know, how much does it matter? But I think if you're, I mean, go ahead and tackle this one because I think I already know what you're going to say. Yeah, I don't, I think, so who does Toronto get in that deal? So Toronto gets Marvin Bagley and Sadiq Bey essentially for OG Ananobi. Yeah, they're not doing that. Yeah, probably not. So that's kind of where it stops right for me. Well, the Bagley piece of this is weird because it's like, well, first of all, he's not going to get traded. Like, we can just say that. He's not going to get traded, right? Like this this year? This year. I'm sorry. I'm talking oh, this no, deadline. No, 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 yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no, no. Right. So it's like, even if he was healthy, how valuable would that chip be? Probably not very. Yeah, I would just, I would just, like, if he, if they were, if he were traded, I would assume it has more to do with his salary to get up to a higher number. Yeah. Yeah, and hey, to that point, thank you for the trade here, Tyler. To that point, yeah, can I just thank ask you, a, Tyler. a quick question about the Miles Turner extension? Sure. Does Did that just happen to make him more tradable? Possibly, yeah. Possibly. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's part of it. Because I just don't, that it, it's kind of like the John Collins saga where it's like, we've been hearing for years, like, will he or won't he? in terms of like demanding a trade or something. And then yeah. it like they sign an extension and like they're all buddy buddy. And then it's like, turns out, no, they actually do hate each other and they want to leave. And I, I mean, I think the Boyan thing is similar too. like, I, I think Boyan signing his extension mm. made him not that he was uh, less desirable, but a team trading for him now and gets another year of them. And it's like, uh, I think the year after that's very friendly. I think, partially guaranteed or i can't remember the terms of it right now off the top of my head this next one comes from greg hey fellas love the show three trade deadline concepts uh this one is one that let me just read it number one do the pistons want to avoid three rookie extension negotiations this summer could they move off one and kick one down the road example sadiq bay goes to miami for Dwayne dedman and miami's 2023 first round pick now People, and I'm not going to name names here, but some people, maybe one of them is a co-host on the show, has repeatedly said for like two years that eventually this team is going to be in cap hell because Troy Weaver is addicted to drafting too well. So I'm actually kind of on board with this guy. I don't know if Sadiq Bey is first on that chopping block. But here's the thing is I was talking to somebody about this in Discord uh, earlier today, and they were trying to convince me that like Isaiah Stewart's not a long-term center for the Pistons or a long-term big for the Pistons, and that if there was a chopping block that he would be first ahead of Sadiq and Killian. And I was like, I literally think that he oh, and Cade are the two most likely to be a Piston for like 10 years. I will say uh, this is just a feeling. As As long as Troy is around, I don't think – Isaiah goes anywhere. There you go. So yeah. I'll leave I'll I'll leave it at that. Well, what do you think? Things can change, but he they love Isaiah. They love the development he's shown. They love that he was able to do more stuff than he showed in college. Like they love what he provides to the team. Um, just in terms of his his heart and soul. Like I just I think I agree with you. I think I, there's a good chance Isaiah Stewart is a piston. Now, whether that means he's a starter or not, it's a different conversation, but I think he's 
a piston for a long time. Bolded italicized underline. But what do you think about the proposed trade? Sorry, uh, Sadiq Bay goes to Miami for Dwayne Dedman and their 2023 first round pick. Dwayne Dedman, after all these years, finally becomes a piston again. Troy Weaver trades would for he, him for the second time. Would he get two checks? He, like the would he get the would he get the contract? Would he, they have to pay him the ooh. contract that he's on right now? Plus, are they still paying his dead I, money? I can't talk remember. about the trade, and I'll look up. I'll look up it to see if he's I think on the books. they are. I don't know how that would work. Um, I mean, if you're going to trade Sadiq, getting a first round pick back in return would be a good return. Yes. So Dwayne Dedman is on the books until the 2024-2025 season. So he would get double checks. He would get he would I get think. the double dip. Yeah. So I think that's how it works. I'm going to ask about that that quite about how that would work if a, if you wave and stretched a player, but then you later traded for that player while he's still. I don't know if I can think of in a situation of that top of my head. That's interesting. I'll ask about it. And I'll get you an answer for next week. If Bobby Bonilla signed a 10 day with the Mets, but like only played in July <laughs> and on Bobby Bonilla day, he got a check and then he hit a home run. That would be pretty cool. Uh, so I'm looking tight. at the table right now. I'm sure people are on top of this, but just looking at it just kind of makes me mad. So this year, uh, the only two players that aren't on the team that are getting paid are Kemba Walker getting 9.1 and DeAndre Jordan getting 7.8. I totally I always forget that the, uh, the DeAndre Jordan Dedman. thing happened. I'm sorry. Well, obviously, and Dwayne Dedman, too. Yeah. Um, OK, Uh. We'll do but this. Yeah, yeah, for that trade. Um, if you're going to trade Sadiq and you can get a first round pick back, I I think that is a, a fair return. It's just a matter of uh would you rather have Sadiq who um we all know I think is an NBA player, or would you rather have the um unpredictability of another first round pick to use as trade piece or hope that you hit a hit for the fences please for the love of god if you are going to trade him which i would we would advise against but if you're going to trade sadiq please don't send him to miami like please don't put him in heat culture <laughs> or don't, san antonio like don't yeah or san antonio don't give him to pop and don't let pat riley lock him in a room and put all his rings on a table like because that's gonna we're gonna if you think sadiq is different now he was training in mountains Dude, he's going to train on the moon if he goes to Miami. So please, Troy, do not do this. Uh, I'll say this. I'll say I understand if they were to trade Sadiq, I understand the logic. We've talked about it before. I just would be a little nervous. Not to, not because I, I think there's like Hall of Fame potential. But I think that like I just wouldn't be surprised if like it clicked like sooner than we think. Like I already am confident Sadiq is an NBA player for a long time to what capacity we're still figuring that out, but I do believe he's an NBA player and will be for a long time. I just think his work ethic, his approach. Plus if he can just be more consistent of a shooter, he has improved inside the arc. If he improves, like there's just, if he, if he improves a little bit here and a little bit there, like we're, we're talking about, somebody that you would want on your team. So I understand that, but I understand both sides of the coin. I feel like I'm having a bad pod day. So I apologize. I actually think you're kind of crushing it, dude. You're, you're totally fine. That means I'm, that means I'm, that means it's bad. If you think it's good. Jesus. Thanks. Uh, second trade proposal that he had in here, the Pistons second rounder this year is pretty juicy. I agree. Could it be added to a helpful player in a move to add a first round pick example, 
Alec Burks and our 2023 second goes to Phoenix for Landry Shamit and Phoenix's 2023 first round pick. Ladies and gentlemen, ding, ding, ding. We might have a winner. No, I'd rather have Alec Burks than Landry Shamit. Do you think that you can get more value out of Alec Burks if you trade him? And I'm maybe, hey, and I would, maybe I should have prefaced that with, I am not a proponent of trading Alec Burks. Well, then Nick, who are you a proponent of trading of? Because you're saying you don't want to trade anybody. That's a great point. That's why I think maybe we shouldn't do anything. And if you do, it should be Bogdanovich. And that's probably it. But I would say Landry Shamit, like sometimes he's kind of a meme, but sometimes you get some Shamit buckets. I don't know. I kind of like it. He can score. I just would rather have Alec Burks. Um, and I just don't – I don't – if I'm the Suns, I don't see – they're having a is – is the Suns pick for this year? 2023, yeah. They're having like a – like where are they at in the standings right now? Well, the tricky thing about the West is every single seed is separated by like half of a game. Like I think the Lakers right. – the Lakers are in 13th and they're four games out of fourth. So I don't know where Phoenix is at is at this current moment. I don't know where they are. But, but I would also – I would also add – that, you know, I don't want people to scoff at the idea of of taking a first from Miami or Phoenix, you know, just because, you know, it's that first. It, well, no, well, no, no, no. I'm saying I don't want people to be like, oh, well, it's going to be like the 25th pick or the 27th pick, like just because it's later. It's like, I don't know. I think when you're a team that's not very good, because that's a, that was one of my problems that I had to dr- that I had uh, mentioned about the Lakers pick. I guess that's not really what my issue was, but. Yeah, I guess to, so. Right now, the Suns are ninth in the West. Like, there's a world where the Suns pick is the end of the lottery or right just outside of it. And I just, I, I don't see them giving up that type of pick for Alec Burks. And if I were Detroit, I'd That's rather true. have Alec Burks than Landry Shamit. Well, I was going to save this until the end, but I guess I'll just do it now on the whole Phoenix thing. So let me, I guess, let me, let me set the table here. So you I have had, a hot take when you're done about Phoenix and Detroit. You had told me uh, that you wanted me to throw out uh, some of my fake trades too. And what I did do instead of that, because you know how I am. I will never concede that I can't draft because I know I can draft, but I can't make up fake trades. I just can't do it. I don't know how to quantify the value. I've never been good at it and I never will. So I didn't try. But what I did instead was write down players that maybe we could talk about, you know, how we could facilitate this. And 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 two of the players that I ended up landing on was like, how do we facilitate some sort of a Nerlens Noel for like Nurkic trade? Like, how does that work? You know, get a guy who like can't go up and down the court six times without having to hunch over and, and gasp for air. Like, I love Nurkic and I do think it would be an upgrade for a position that we need, especially on the boards. But then I was thinking, and this is where it all comes full circle. Don't worry. If I'm Portland the only way that I'm trading Nurkic is if it's for a clear upgrade at the five. And we've already seen that, like, is Josh Hart kind of expendable? Yeah, maybe, right? So do you do some weird, like, Josh Hart and Yusuf Nurkic for DeAndre Ayton? Does that work, you think? Okay, okay. See, you lost me at the beginning, but the end brought it back. I thought you were saying Detroit should go for Nurkic. And I'm like, I was just... originally. And then that's when I connected some other dots and was like, this makes way more sense for Portland. I was going to say, don't you, you don't, you not love Jalen Duran. Well, but do we want him to be our only center? I'd rather have Yusuf Nurkic over Nerlens Noel. I wouldn't pay you. What is you? You I feel like Yusuf Nurkic makes He's way too much money. To have, yeah. To have him coming off the bench. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need him that bad. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, I'll say this. I think Phoenix, and I don't know this, so let me preface it with that. Uh, 
uh, what are they? The aggregators. aggregators. I think if I'm if I'm if I'm Troy, and I'm not saying that he is or isn't doing this, I'm just this is me putting on my GM hat. I'm gonna kind of closely monitor how this sun situation unfolds, and maybe that's when I strike. Whether hmm. that is the lesser of the two coveted pieces in Malka and Mikel Bridges, mm-hmm. who would perfectly is the exact type of player the Pistons need. Or if it's like a certain star who's currently injured, who's from Michigan, um, gets unhappy because Phoenix is trending in the a, a rough direction. Paul Chris Paul's um, looks like he might be finally done. DeAndre Ayton's just a mess. Um, and maybe you get Devin Booker upset and demand out. And where does where is he from? Who does he wear Lions hats to game? I'm just saying, I unless something more concrete presents itself sooner, I would maybe hold on to my chips for just to see if uh, Mr. Devin Booker or Mr. Mikel Bridges become available in the in the next year, year and a half. That's just me. This is why, hypothetically, of course, right? Yeah, you're just being, you know. No, I this am. Is, no, I know you are. That. No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not goofing on you here. Uh, this is why you do the GM stuff. This is why you do the fake trades because I wouldn't be able to connect that 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 dot. But speaking of connecting dots, I don't know if somebody's done this before. Surely somebody has. What's going on in Phoenix that Kyler Murray has to have a clause in his contract that he's not allowed to play video games and that the internet bullies the Cardinals out of making them take that out? But and then like a year earlier. DeAndre Jordan was getting yelled at because he would just like stay up until six o'clock in the morning playing video games, playing Warzone. DeAndre Ayton. What did I say? Jordan? Jordan. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on? Um, Some gamers down in Phoenix. I yeah, tell you there what. are. It's, it's weird because it's always warm down there. Like I'd be in the pool. Maybe it's too hot. It is too hot sometimes. I've never <laughs> been there in the summer. I've been there usually in like the fall or spring. But it's hot then. I can't even imagine what it's like in the summer. That's. The closest I've, closest I've been to Arizona is just flying over the Grand Canyon, which boy, is that is that something like I mean, it, being there would actually be cooler, but flying over, it's great. So another team that we were getting of an interesting amount of trade proposals on was the Pelicans. We got two separate Kyra Lewis Jr. trade proposals. I will read one of them to you because one of the guys actually sent in two trades that technically saves us a little bit more money. Uh, so I'll, I'll do that, that one instead. But go ahead and read them. I think. I, I'd have to Google this. Was Kyra an Avery Johnson recruit? Because I know Colin Sexton was. Kyra Lewis was, I think, maybe a year or two too late on that. Um, I can't remember. It might They might have missed each other. Maybe he did recruit him. I can't remember off the top of my head. Do you remember? Uh, I, you know what I, I realized when I was, uh, I meant to say this last week, when I was doing, when I was splicing together the best of episode that we did, one of the things that I found that I should have used as my rationale for drafting Braxton Key on my team was that he was an Avery Johnson product, and I had completely forgotten about that. Is Avery Johnson recruited Braxton Key? Didn't Braxton Key go to Virginia? Yeah, I don't remember how it worked out. I don't remember how I connected this dot, or or who. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong player because you're definitely right. But I swear Wait, it was Braxton. Actually, Key. I think Braxton Key might have started at Alabama. Hold on, let me look that up because this well, is. 
while of course, you're the, of the tangent we go on, it's the Braxton T Braxton key. He's not even on the team anymore. Yeah. Welcome sorry. To the BNC. Let me get to this next trade uh, instead. Let me read the, the yeah, he started at Alabama. Yes, you are correct. Okay. There we go. Devonte Graham, Kyra Lewis, Willie Arnon Gomez, and a Lakers 2023 pick swap top three protected. I just don't, I just can't, I can't read this because this isn't going to happen. I just, I just don't, I don't believe in that one. Let me read this one instead. Respectfully. Sorry about that, dude. Pelicans receive Marvin Bagley, Nerlens Noel, and a 2025 second round pick. The Pistons receive EJ Liddell and Kyra Lewis Jr. I think that is a banger trade and equal value. And we should do it because we would fleece the Pelicans. Thoughts? Uh, what's the, what, what's the fleecing that happens? Where would Kyra Lewis play? You already have. We already we talk about this all the time. They have. You're gonna play him over Cade, Killian, and Jaden. I should have said this. You're right. In my head, he didn't say this in the email, but I'm just gonna add this to it. Like we talked about at the top of the show with Marvin, how it's like you're not gonna do anything with him right now. But once you get into the summer, maybe he comes on strong at the end of the year or something, and you're able to do something around draft time. Is that when you do it? Because wouldn't isn't Corey out the door? Rodney's out the door. Contract wise, uh, I mean, I mean, contract wise, I wouldn't be. I mean, I I would assume this is Corey's last go around in Detroit. Rodney, I would assume that I'm just guessing that they bring Rodney back just because everybody loves Rodney. If he doesn't get like an opportunity to play more somewhere else, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back. The New Orleans Noel piece of this is going to be really interesting to see what happens there. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I apologize. I don't remember if you had just uh, individually reported this or if it was something that was mentioned on the show. But if he's not moved at the deadline, he's not pursuing a buyout, right? That is uh, the latest I was told is that there will not be a buyout um, if he's not traded. Interesting. Okay. Um, but I would not trade for Kyra Lewis. I just, uh, I just don't. You already have three guards. You're trying to figure out what their role is. Three young guards who are his age or younger. Yeah, I can't find the the trade I was trying to look for. Um, but somebody had a, a Jackson Hayes trade in here. It was a it, with the Pels. There was a lot of players involved. But just in principle, what do you think about Jackson Hayes? You like that idea? Um. Again, I guess it goes back to. I mean, is like is Marvin in this trade? Because otherwise, and he might have been again. I don't know where it is. I can't find it. But I think if if he was right, let's just assume what what are the parameters for 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 this to be acceptable to you? You know what I mean? Does Marvin have to be in that? I don't know if he has to be, but like if you, he's going to have to be a four full time, so you have to know you have to know, uh, or I'd have to know if the team views him as a long term four or five. I mean, he was shooting the three ball well on very minimal attempts this year. To, um, there were more spacing opportunities for him. Um, but it wouldn't, yeah, if you're going to get Jackson Hayes, you're going to either have to play Marvin ex- exclusively at the four or trade Marvin. I, I like Jackson Hayes' athleticism. Obviously, everybody does. Um, and he has some wow moments, and he also has very uh, often, like, what are you doing moments? I, I, I don't know. He doesn't strike me as, aside from – his ability to jump out of the gym. I don't yeah. know if he, I don't know if he's a weaver guy, um, but he's very raw, very young. I don't know. Uh, I mean, obviously Troy likes those type of guys in terms of the physical skill sets, but I don't know about the, the people versus the person thing. 
you know, I don't know if this is a, if if this is or crazy. The versus the person versus the player. I don't know if this is crazy. And hey, I, I forgot to tell you this. Sometimes we get when people send emails the day the pod comes out. I always forget to go back to them when we record the following week. I just remembered when we got an email like a week or two ago. Um, somebody pointed out that their favorite part of the show was when you call me a sicko. Maybe you're going to do that here. I don't know if I'm about to say something crazy. Jackson Hayes is That's a someone's favorite part of the show. I love that. Yeah, and you and I, I, I don't remember if I emailed back. I'll, if I didn't, I'll have to check and I'll have to get back to him. But uh, what I was going to say to them, which I guess if I didn't email them, they're just going to listen to the show and they'll hear this. But I was going to be like, well, then you'll love to hear that he does that off the pod too. I was like, he'll text me that sometimes. But the take I was going to say, Jackson Hayes is a sneaky good pick for the most violent posters in the league. Like you said, he jumps out of the gym and he throws it down. Bolded italicized yeah. underlined. Yeah, he gets up. I bet you he has like before he's either retired or out of the league or whatever happens in his career. I think Jackson Hayes has like one of those one of those dunks. Oh yeah. I think he gets one of those. Like the ones that, you know, for the next 30 years, when you watch those little dunk compilations on YouTube, he'll always be in it. Like, I think I, my brain immediately goes to uh, a J.R. Smith dunk that he had in Denver where he like legit flew. Like he soared through the air. He, he glided, glowed, glided. Glowed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that dunk doesn't come to my mind when I think of that. I, I think of... Sekou Dumboya. I mean, I would think of that before then. Obviously, I, I was there in person for that. I, DeAndre Jordan on Brandon Knight. Oh, of course. Yeah. Anthony Edwards on uh, Watanabe. Tracy McGrady on Sean Bradley. Vince Carter, of course, in the Olympics. Yeah. Um, what LeBron did to uh, Rondo. Anything Aaron Gordon did in or the dunk Rondo. contest. Was it was it Jason Jason Terry, not Rondo. Jason yes. Terry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason Terry. Yeah, he just yeah. like fell asleep on the ground and was like, I don't know what to do. I'm just gonna yeah. act like that didn't happen. Hey, before we wrap this up, let me kick around a few names. Uh let me go back to the Portland thing for just a second. Player I'm looking at, he's kind of been forsaken a little bit, has gotten some opportunity, gotten some run, has shown some stuff, especially this year, I think. This better not be who I think it's gonna be. Nasir Little. Okay. What do you think about that? Seems gettable. But then it just kind of then I'm hypocritical because I was the one who said last week that we're not really in the business of taking on 25 year old flyers anymore. Yeah, I just I just think if Detroit is going to I just don't see them loading up on young backcourt players and young frontcourt players like they need to address the wings more than anything right now. Well, then I got two players for you that uh, may do the trick. And we yeah, brought him up at the top of the show. Let's just get this out of the way. So when can I expect the Karis Levert notification? When is that going to happen? I No spoilers. We'll talk about it in in, uh, in full detail next week. But give me some quick, give me something to chew on real quick. When does free agency start? Shut up. Come on. Do it it's now. Like get his know. bird rights. No. Okay. I'll no. throw out a different player so you can get his bird rights. How about this? Flint's finest. Kyle Kuzma. And don't groan in your cars. Don't do that right now. Don't be, oh my gosh, this guy. Don't go to Kuzma's been balling. Yeah. Um, and that's he's gettable, right? If not via trade, right? Then definitely it sounds it sounds like the Wizards, unless he has made it clear that he does not want to be there, it sounds like the Wizards are gonna roll with what they got, as the Wizards tend to do to just get the eleventh seed, but I'm, I I'm, like Kuzma. I know others don't. 
I don't know if I would. I don't. I wouldn't pay. I don't think I'd pay Kuz. Like that Kuzma's not gonna. I don't. If Kuzma's the highest paid player on my team, I don't think that's a smart idea. Hundred million dollars, four years. Have fun, somebody else, dude. Here's my. And take. I like Kuzma. Here's the thing. The only thing I would say is to anybody who is like four years, hundred or four years, hundred million dollars is too much for Kuzma. Twenty five million dollars a year. Four for a hundred is the new like five for what was the what was the old Reggie Jackson? Was it five for eighty? Five for eighty five. Five for eighty five. Like it's I not twenty five million dollars a year. Isn't that much in the NBA these days? Look at a team's no, payroll. Agree. It's not that much. I agree, but I, I could see somebody trying to pay him. I could see him getting paid more than that. And I just wouldn't. Where Detroit is, I don't know if I would spend twenty five of my forty million or thirty of my whatever it costs to get Kuzma on Kuzma. I just I don't think he's a needle mover to that extent. I do. I agree that you're chancing it on like, is Kuzma going to be our guy? Like, is he going to yeah. be our number two next to Cade? I agree with that. Yeah. I don't know if he's the sidekick that you want for Cade uh, at that price tag. And I would also say that to that same point, I think I would rather just gamble it in free agency. If you can get him, you get him. Cool. But if you can't, it's like you don't want to use whatever assets you have, whatever chips you do have, cashing it on something that you don't know if you're going to want to pay. So I would assume that if that's something they do, then they have a good idea. Let me just say this, though, man. If Kuzma resigns there and we have a Bradley Beal 2.0 on that team, I'm going to lose it. I will I will get an ulcer. If we have to have another guy in the same city be like, I can't do this anymore. I need to leave. I need to go do something else. And then everybody's like, okay, go do something else then. And then at the 11th hour, he signs this insane extension and then just goes, I never wanted to leave. These were my people. And we just do this on loop for eight years, I can't do this with another guy, especially if he's playing for the Wizards. Get out. I don't think Kuzma will do that. I don't know anything. I My guess is if Kuzma goes into free agency, he goes somewhere else. Um, Beal was, to me, always... I, I, I knew Brad. Just knowing stuff within the league, like I just I never got the sense Bradley was going to go anywhere. Was that all just like for the for leverage then? I would they, assume so, yeah. Brett, get your bag, dude. A, Whatever. Yeah, get the money. All righty, James. Man. Let's roll on to a fun edition of Storytime with James. But before we do that, we have to take another quick word from a sponsor. James Larry Edwards III of The Athletic. Today, as of this recording, the day it releases will not be. will be a few days past. But as we are recording this, it is the five-year anniversary of the Pistons trading for Blake Griffin sent over Avery Bradley, Tobias Harris, Boban, a couple first rounders. One of them ended up being Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um, one thing about that trade that will always bother me is like Avery Bradley was a good soldier for about 15 games. And I don't remember if it was like a knee or a hamstring that he went down with, but it kind of messed him up, took him out of rhythm. When he finally came back from that, he was just kind of like, meh. And then we shipped him off. So like we never really got to enjoy Avery Bradley. And that has always kind of bothered me a little bit. But the reason that we're doing uh, what? I just, my memory of Avery Bradley is him doing a baseline drive and kicking the ball out of bounds like every time he dribbled it like he was hot the when he first got there no yeah. question he was i remember right writing the story talking to him where he was trying to prove that he was more than just a defensive stopper that he was a two-way guard and as the season went on that kind of uh it, that, that wore off fairly quickly but shout out to avery bradley 
Well, he was also money on those DHOs from the top of the key. That's still to this day is his shot. I say still to this day like he's in the league. Somebody pick up a phone and call Avery Bradley. The reason that I am bringing this up, James, an impromptu story time with James. Haven't done this one in a while. To be fair, you have told this story on the podcast before, but it has been a, a pretty long time. People maybe either forgot or don't know. So history uh, dictates that Jim, Jim, the hell that James on, man. is always like doing something when a major trade pops off. And this was the first time it happened, right? I'm always doing when I've had, and it's always Blake. It's whenever <laughs> something major has happened with Blake in Detroit, I've been in the middle of uh, the middle of important things. Um, all right. So yeah, it was this day five years ago, as you reminded me earlier and in, in prepping for the show that my first year on the beat, it was the 2017-18 season, January 2018, 28th to 2018. I had just got back from – so at this – let me set the table. So at this point, I'm, I've only been covering the team for a couple months. Yeah. I don't have really any sources at this point. It's just like – if Shams or Woj tweet something, it's like I, I'm scrambling. Like this is fresh, fresh doing this, James. So we're two weeks out from the deadline, and I'm I, I clearly, obviously, had had not put enough thought into that something could happen because it's two weeks away from the deadline. So I fly in from Cleveland in the middle of a snowstorm. Get home. One of my best friends from back in Flint comes to visit me. I'm living in Royal Oak at the time. And he comes, he drives through the snow, comes to the the crib, and we're kicking it. We're hanging out, playing video games, watching basketball, whatever we were doing. I don't remember. And he gets the idea. He's like, let's go to the casino. I'm like, all right, bet. Let's go. It's about... I don't remember what time it is. I want to say eight o'clock, something like that. I don't know. It was late. Yeah, it was later in the day for sure. Yeah, eight or nine or whatever. Driving down Woodward in the snowstorm. Driving, driving, driving. Get to almost Detroit, still in Highland Park area. I stopped to get gas. And I go inside. I had to pay cash on me, so I went inside to go pay. Left my phone in the car. Pump the gas, blah, blah, blah. Get back in the car. The phone is face down on my seat and I'm driving. So I pick it up and I lift it up. And it's I see a notification from Adrian Wojnarowski, the Detroit Pistons have traded for Blake Griffin. And my heart stopped. Cause this is this not only might this is this not, I think this might be the first trade I've ever covered. Were you not there for the Avery thing happened over the summer? You weren't there yeah, yet, I right? Yeah. I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't started yet. So I think this was the first trade I'd ever covered, let alone like the biggest trade that the franchise has done since Chauncey for AI. Yeah. Yeah. So like my heart drops, like I'm in flight or flight mode. I'm just anxious as all shit, nervous. I look at my boy and I was like, dude, the Pistons just traded for Blake. He was like, what? I was like, yeah. I was like, "Uh, we got to go back home. I looked at Boys him, Night like, Out is canceled. 
yeah, I was like, we got to go back home. And he's like, why? He like, he didn't understand. Like, I don't know if he fully understood like what was, what I had, like my job or whatever. And so, yeah, I'm like, I'm sorry, man. So we, I, I drove back home down Woodward in the snowstorm. We both go into my apartment and I'm sitting there on my couch with my laptop, talking to my editor, trying to figure out how to attack this, what to do again. I'm, I'm fresh, fresh, freshly an NBA reporter. And I look over, I'm on the couch and my boy's just kind of sitting there watching TV. I look over, I'm like, bro, I'm going to be doing this for a long time. You might just need to go home. And I felt bad. And he just like got up and left and drove home in the middle of the snowstorm after he had got there like two hours earlier. Uh, all because the Pistons traded for Blake the day That's... after a game on January 28th, two weeks before the trade deadline. You know, the other part of this that I think is is just as funny, again, a story that I think you've told maybe a few more times, but it's still one of my favorite stories. So let's rehash this one too. talk about it was bought out. No, 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 no. Well, oh. I guess. Oh, no, not that it was it was even uh, it was directly tied to the Blake trade. You go to the inductory press conference and Stan gives you a little snarky comment <laughs> because of uh, arguably, in your words, one of the worst questions you've asked. Not worst, but, you know, no, it is the worst question I've ever asked. Again, I was whatever. <laughs> so it's the next practice day. And the Blake trade, this is before the Blake press conference. It's the next practice. Oh, okay. Or it might, it might even have been shoot around because they played, uh, I think they played Cleveland the night before or the next night or whatever. It's a, it's a shoot around or a practice. So this isn't just like the beat writers. It's not just me, Rod, Vince, and Keith there. Like every new station in the state came. It was a big deal. So Stan, as always after practice, came over to the sideline, stood against the wall and answered questions. And there's like, again, there's like 20 people in here. So there, everybody's getting off questions. And I'm just like, whatever, whatever. Like everybody's asked every single question about Blake. So finally it slows down and I get a chance to ask a question. And I'm trying to think like, what can I ask that hasn't been asked? And this is one thing I carry with me to this day. Sometimes you, you just don't need, like, you don't need to just hear yourself talk. Like if you don't have nothing, you don't have nothing. It's not, you're around these guys every single day. Some days you're just not going to have nothing. That's good advice, by the way. That's actually, yeah, that's good that's, advice. There's nothing that uh, one of my pet peeves in journalism is reporters who just like to hear themselves talk and ask a question that's either similar to a question that's already been asked or makes is off topic or just what, just something to hear themselves talk or it just results it in like really typical coach speak. Yeah. Or just like awkward. Like, yeah. That's like a big pet peeve of mine. Like there's nothing wrong with not having something. We do this seven days a week for eight months out of the year or whatever. It's sometimes you don't have a question or a good question. Um, anyway, so it's my turn to ask a question. And at this point, the Pistons stand a day or two before was talking about how the team needs need some rebounding help. They need, need some, they need, uh, they need some depth in the front court. And the Pistons also got a, a gentleman by the name of Willie Reed in this trade, if you were, if you recall. And so it's my turn. It's quiet. I, I get a chance to ask a question. I was like, so Stan, like you mentioned the other day, you guys need to improve on the glass. Do you think Willie Reed will help with that? He looked at me. He's like, yeah and then looked away 
two days later, Willie Reed, Willie Reed was traded to like <laughs> Nelson or something like that. The, the, Willie got his press conference, but he was gone like two days later for Jameer Nelson. What ended up happening with Bryce Johnson? Was he just waived? Because he was also he in that a, deal. Yeah, I think he played a couple games. I don't remember. But then he ended up getting waived. I know he... You know what? Actually, he might have been in the Jameer Nelson trade. I think Willie might have got waived. I don't remember. Neither one of them were there for like longer than two weeks. No. The Jameer Nelson trade, I remember people were just bodying Stan for that. And I remember at the time I was a I was kind of like you. It's it's funny because that was the first year that I started doing like I started, you know, doing piston stuff. And so I remember going to war for Stan on that Jameer Nelson trade because I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, this is a veteran presence. I was like, this is a bucket getter. I was like, this is exactly what the Pistons need right now. And I don't remember what the the injury situation was, you know, who was playing, who wasn't at the time. But I remember thinking it was super important that Jameer Nelson was on my basketball team, to, despite the fact that he last played basketball in like the Nixon administration. Like he was 100 years old at the time, but I was super duper on board with it. And I think that was a uh, for Stan's sake. I think that was for him to have a guy that, he trusts and like was an extension of the coach in the locker room. Cause obviously him and Jameer went to the finals together. He went to use on the magic. Yeah. Yeah. So they were, they had a great relationship, I believe. And I think that was part of the trade, but he played way too much uh, given where he was. That was like the Dwight bikes, like Dwight bikes was better. Than Ooh, Nelson. Good name drop. Remember Kay Felder? Yeah. Well, oh, I guess okay. you, yeah, you have a, a good enough Rolodex, especially for like the Detroit guys. Cause he was, yeah. Uh, Oakland. Yeah, Oakland. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Shout Did out to ever... Dwight Bikes, though. Actually, yeah, I agree with that. Shout out to Dwight Bikes. Did you ever see Stan slamming a Diet Coke? Surely you did. I can't remember, but I'm sure I saw. Him. I'm sure I. I'm sure he spent. Yeah, I'm sure I have many times. I'm sure. I, I can't like only... recall an instance. I guess you you really only known Dwayne. Like you had Stan for a year, but then he got canned. Yeah, I only yeah. My first year was Stan's last year. That's really funny. Already, James, I've been here every every uh, every year with Dwayne. I hope everybody enjoyed that story time with James. It was fun to be to to revisit this segment. It's been a really really yeah. I hope I I told you. I feel like I'm not potting well today, so I hope the stories were entertaining. If you never heard them before, capital Um, P potting from James Larry Edwards the third this week. So we so we can end it on what you promised me. We get to read this email about this listener who had a dream about me and this is not made up at least i don't maybe you made it up i sent you a photo of the email how could yeah. i this what an it's, arbitrary thing this would be for me to lie about i'm the one who's like i don't know good, if i want to read content this. i'm the one who's like i don't know if i want to read this on the show so why would i have made it up here all right here. let's let's jump into this i'm gonna have to find it uh for just a second okay subject line i had a dream dot 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 hi That's nick or james I don't know. Oh, I guess that's what I was thinking about earlier when I said, hey, people always email us and say, hi, Necker James. I guess this is where it came from subconsciously. I don't know how to start this, but I guess let me preface it by saying every now and then uh, my dreams have too much plot and detail. Some foreshadowing here. I feel like some C-class director, like people who made Sharknado pull the strings in my dreams. But anyways, I feel like this was funny and it was related to you guys. So I wanted to write it down. Basically, the dream starts with a round table of Detroit beat reporters and how they idolize the field of dreams and one day want to cover the field of dreams game. Cody had a smug look on his face as in the dream he covered the field of dreams, which I'm 99% sure that's factually incorrect. 
But anyways, someone then asked James his favorite experience and then answered the question for him by assuming it was Paris. James says, nah, and remarks that it was actually quite the opposite. In a <laughs> James family, said, nah. In a Family Guy style cutaway, we then get to Paris. But Paris happens to look like the background of the album cover of Speeding Bullet to Heaven. That is a Kid Cudi album for those who do not know. It seems like a very prehistoric setting. The trees were all parched. The ground was devoid of any vegetation. That's a great sentence right there. Then James says he, to me. Did he, hold on really quick. Is he sure he didn't have an acid trip? He sent this at 1132 in the morning. Okay. Depending on the time zone, maybe it was 1230 for him or earlier later, depending. Anyways, then James says to me, I'm headed to the game. And he drives off in this ratty looking dune buggy as he leaves me out to die in the wildlife. I assume James and I just got spawned into what I guess is quote unquote Paris. There's really no backstory as to how we got here. It just happened. Lazy writing, to be honest. Okay. Anyways, I decide to walk along the wildlife and run into a giant black bear. He looks like he's about to rip me to pieces, but then I somehow Dr. Doolittled my way out of it, I guess. And then the bear finds another friend. <laughs> Does that mean bear. he talked he talked him talked him off the ledge? This guy was lucid dreaming for sure. And then they start destroying the forest. Smokey would be against this. I added that part by knocking down the dry dead trees I referenced earlier. I then walk through the tunnel that spawns me into a giant futuristic looking Kalahari. Shout out to Kalahari without any rides or slides. So it's Kalahari. not Kalahari then. It's not Kalahari if there are no rides and slides, but I see what he's going for here. Shout I out see to Kalahari. A... Yeah, I'll, I'll allow it. I see a bunch of employees gathered up outside the building with some instructors who are teaching them basic security measures for keeping the building safe from intruders. Well, I'm an intruder and I'm in the building. But I want the obstacle course. Wait, hold on. But I want. Oh, I'm sorry. But I want out of the obstacle course if somehow someone before us spilled multiple pitchers of water while on the course. I then see James again. And at this point, the pistons are completely irrelevant. We must get through. I don't know what that has to do with anything. We must get through this obstacle course to escape security. Why does the security care so much? The water has some sort of advanced technology that I can identify and tag humans that and that can. OK, <clears throat> what the f the water has some sort of advanced technology that can identify and tag humans that go through it. Some arbitrary member of the group shared that information, but signs suggesting as such were plastered throughout the obstacle course. Anyways, so James leads off and he is super slow and not coordinated. I get frustrated after two of these courses and Couldn't then decide to take it upon myself to go first. We get to this rope swing obstacle and as the guinea pig of the group, I thought all I needed to do was have this pendulum-like rope to mirror its swing pattern with a moving platform on the other side so that I could land successfully. Unfortunately for me, I underestimated the distance between the two and I plummeted into the pool like something out of an American Ninja Warrior or Wipeout, depending on how people perceive my athletic ability. I think that's a that's a really honest reflection and assessment of yourself, actually. I realized that after failing that there was a bar in between the two that I could have just grabbed onto. After James successfully completed it first and I quickly followed him, I then woke up and it was over just as well. I feel like my dream became self-aware that it didn't have much plot. And after this, it just ended up getting really dumb. I learned nothing from writing this, but I hope you get a kick out of it. Just a weird dream and a cool adventure. Maybe some and uh, maybe some up and coming director will come up with the same idea I had and I can claim royalties in court with this email. Who knows? Here's to hoping. Here's to hoping for Victor Wembenyama. That's the email that we got sent the other day about a dream that one of our beautiful listeners had about James Edwards III of The Athletic. So I have, I have three things and we'll get out of here. One, um, not only thank you for sharing 
<laughs> um, that's you didn't have to do that. I mean, but he wrote that email. Yeah, thank you for thank you for taking time out of your morning to live literally relive your dream and obviously to great detail ex- express it to us. So thank you for that and for listening. Second. You don't have dreams, you have movies. That was the longest damn like that dream sounds like a motion picture. Like you yeah. just did you have popcorn and M&Ms? Did you sneak a did you sneak a Snickers in from Speedway into the into the uh, Imagine Theater? And then AMC, third, AMC, come on. AM, okay. And then third and we'll end on this and this is for a life lesson for everybody. Don't do drugs. Or at least, well, yeah, I guess we're on the athletic now, so I got to be a little bit more responsible with this. Yes, I agree. Don't do them. I think the funniest part about this email to me, and again, I love this guy, okay? I do not mean this in a mean way. But at at no point throughout this email did he just backspace the whole thing and delete the draft. He just went full send. And also, like, credit to him. Are there even periods? Um. Yes, there are periods and and some punctuation in there. The only reason that it was hard for me to kind of keep up with reading it is because there's no like um what's the word I'm blanking? It's there's it's just one huge paragraph. So it's just line yeah, line, no line, line 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 transitions. Right. Yeah. So going from the end of it to the beginning, it, sometimes it was a little bit tough. But um, I love it. it. It's interesting because I don't I can never recall I'd never remember my dreams, which I think just means I don't sleep very well because I can never remember them. Right. The only reason you're able to remember your dreams is if you're hitting like your REM cycle, which usually I apparently don't, because to be able to remember a dream, even if it's super scatterbrained, it doesn't make any sense to this extent is impressive to me. Very impressive. And again, thank you for sharing. Uh, I'm glad that I didn't read the email or or hear about the dream until you just read it that was an experience in itself and yeah i'm I'm truly flattered um much better that dream is much better uh than when nick says he thinks about me as he's taking a shower so well i just like to prep for the show and sometimes i shower before the show and i'm thinking about you in the shower that doesn't mean i'm thinking about you in the shower means i'm just thinking you know what i mean yeah of course of course of course just you're sitting there rubbing your underarms and picture in my face sure i have a really nice um face scrub that i've been using but uh okay james let's get out of here do you have a quick album you want to just do lil yachty you want to just do that did you know i do need everybody quite you texted me about it and then i heard and then i saw quest love cosign i need to check it out uh um no i'm not picking that i'm gonna pick ice spice oh, shut, no i'm gonna pick the new boldy james album uh for i don't know if do we sh- shout out not shout out but like send our condolences to boldy james who got in a bad car accident in detroit uh, a few weeks ago it sounds like he's doing better uh good but shout out to the the legend boldy james and go check out his new album yeah 100 percent. you asked me the other day well what is the email about what was the dream about and i was like i don't know i was like i oh, well i'll just have to read it to you now you understand why i couldn't just explain to you what the what the dream yeah. email was inside of a single text but okay new lil yachty that's what i'm gonna pick new psychedelic rock album from him boat impala kevin parker's gotta watch his back because little boats coming up the vocals lack throughout the record that's like really consistent where it's just kind of it's not punchy enough it's not refined enough but it's the attempt it's the boldness of it that threw me off like completely so 
Uh, I loved it. I was expecting more like rage beats. I thought that was kind of the territory we were going into. But then the first track, I was like, what? And then it sets the tone for the entire album. And it's uh, it's incredible. But ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars, leave a review, subscribe if you're feeling generous. If you're listening to this on Spotify, you can also leave five stars. We will catch you guys in the next one. Peace.